1: So, very good morning to everybody, and welcome to IPC's year end results and operations update presentation. My name is Mike Nicholson, I'm the CEO of IPC. Also, joining me in presenting this morning is Christoph Nergerarian, the CFO, and we also have Rebecca Gordon, who's our VP of Investor Relations. I'll begin in the usual fashion uh, with the operations update, and then I'll pass across to to Christoph, and he'll run through the financial numbers. It's going to be a much shorter presentation this morning than our usual quarterly presentations because we do, of course, have our capital markets day presentation this afternoon at 2 p.m., which will go through all of the forward-looking. A guidance for 2022, our longer term business plan update and an overview of all of the assets in the financial forecast. So we will have a Q&A session um, at the end of this call, but if I can ask it to be just constrained to, to the, any questions around the year end or the Q4 results, because we'll, we'll have a much more detailed Q&A session this afternoon. So to, to get started and And with the first slide and and, and the highlights for 2021, I think we can say it's been an exceptionally strong year for for IPC. It's by far the strongest delivery in terms of our results across across the board. If we look at production, our average production for the full year was 45,500 barrels of oil equivalent per day. And that's well in excess of the original high-end guidance that we gave to the market. Great delivery also on costs, our our operating costs for the full year were below guidance at $15 per barrel, and the capital budget, the revised capital budget, um, was in line with guidance at just under $50 million US dollars. With that strong uh, production that we've seen, and obviously strengthening commodity price environment through 2021 the company's been able to, to generate its best ever uh, financial performance. And if we look at the cash flow numbers, records in terms of our operating cash flow, at just under $340 million US million and a free cash flow of in excess of our latest high-end guidance, $263 million, which represents a very, very strong 26% free cash flow yield. Most of that free cash flow has gone into to to strengthen the balance sheet and reducing our debt levels. The net debt at the end of last year was down to just $94 million. And in terms of our leverage, it's down at 0.3 times net debt to to EBITDA. Notwithstanding the fact we had a limited capital budget in 2021, we still had a very impressive performance in terms of our reserves replacement. Uh, above 90% reserve replacement, which means our 2P reserves at the end of 2021 stand at still 270 million barrels of oil equivalent and and a huge uplift in our contingent resources. We'll cover that more in the presentation this afternoon, but an addition of 300 million barrels of 2C resources, which lifts now our total 2C resources to above 1.4 billion barrels of oil equivalent and a good continued focus on sustainability and um, we're well on track with our emissions reductions and carbon offset initiatives to, to meet our five-year target and we're pleased to report that we didn't have any material incidents uh, through the full year 2021. If we turn now and look into a bit more detail at production, fourth quarter production was 46,000 800 barrels of oil equivalent per day. That was above the the high end of the guidance that we gave for the fourth quarter and really rounds out 2021 with a very impressive four quarters in succession above the high end guidance. That fed into our full year 2020-21 numbers with production at uh, 45,500 barrels of oil equivalent per day. And we've now got production lifted back up in excess of pre-COVID levels back in 2019. And if you look at the the pie chart on the top right-hand side of this slide, you can see IPC has a nice balance of 48% Canadian oil, about a third Canadian gas and the rest international light Brent oil. And obviously with the the significant strength we've seen across the entire energy complex has meant that we've been able to generate extremely strong financial performance. Turning to the, the cost side, uh, fourth quarter operating costs per BOE was just above $15 per barrel. That rounds out 2021 uh, with a full year OPEX per barrel of $15 uh, per BOE. Our latest guidance was $15.50, so we also have a beat on, on that latest guidance. and CapEx. Uh, The the latest guidance that we gave to the market for the full year was $50 million. We're $2 million below that, and that's largely a result of the the refasing of some expenditure into 2022. Turning to the operating cash flow, uh, fourth quarter operating cash flow was a record uh, for the company, average Brent prices in Q4 were $80 per barrel, and we generated $111 million in OCF. That means that for the full year, we generated $337 million of operating cash flow, with Brent prices averaging over the full year $71 per barrel. That's a material beat to the high-end guidance that we gave at the beginning of the year, which was $220 million, assuming a $65 $65 per barrel rent price. The reason for that performance is, of course, the, the higher oil price and the, the production above the top end of our guidance. We've seen also tighter uh, Canadian WCS differentials. We've seen much stronger gas prices and also the lower OPEX than forecast. So, you know, really strong performance ac- across the board. And when you set that against a relatively limited capital expenditure budget, and we look at the free cash flow generation, again it represents a, a highest ever free cash flow performance for the company. Fourth quarter free cash flow was eighty-seven million US dollars, and our full year free cash flow was two hundred and sixty three million dollars, representing a twenty six percent. A free cash flow yield, and that's significantly in excess of the $155 million high-end guidance that we gave in our original Capital Markets Day presentation. If we turn now to the, the update on share repurchase program um, and, and the bond issue, uh, IPC announced in December our third share repurchase program. Um, that gives us the ability to to repurchase up to just over 11 million shares through December 2022. Um, Up to early February 2022, the company has purchased 2.6 million shares for a total cost of $16 million. That represents an average purchase price of around 55 sec a share. And if if we look back at the Aggregates of share repurchases since IPC's inception, we've bought back now close to 37 million shares um, at around 35 sec per share. So a lot of value created from that share repurchase program. We're also pleased to announce in in early January that we successfully issued a a new 300 million US dollar bond. Uh, It's got a five-year term and we secured a 72.5% coupon. We can see the balance sheet is in, in great shape, is exceptionally strong, but we felt um, you know, market conditions were favorable, and we felt it was prudent to diversify our capital structure and funding. So I think it puts us on on the front foot when we talk to to the majors as they seek to to rationalize their portfolios in the energy transition from a position of strength and we hope to be able to conclude further value creative acquisitions. In terms of sustainability and ESG strategy on the on the health and safety side, very pleased to announce that we did not have any material safety incidents during 2021. We did have to continue to operate with our COVID-19 protocols and I think it's a huge credit to all of our operating teams on the ground. Uh, that we haven't had any interruptions on any of our assets as a result of um, the COVID uh, restrictions that we've had to endure. So, big effort and and a great uh, delivery by the teams. In terms of our climate strategy and our sustainability report, we've got the commitment to reduce our net emissions intensity by 50% through the end of 2025. You can see from the chart on the bottom of this slide in 2022, we'd uh, reduced that to 33 kilograms per BOE. So we're well on on track to to meet that target of 20 kilograms per BOE by the end of 2025. We did publish alongside our second quarter results, our second annual sustainability report. Um, The reporting standards were uplifted. It was fully compliant uh, with the global uh, reporting initiative standards. And I would encourage everyone to take a read to show all the excellent work that's been done by all of our teams um, in Geneva, in Canada, in Malaysia and in France. So that rounds out my part of the, the presentation. I'll, I'll pass the, the call now to Christophe, who'll walk through the financial numbers. So Christophe, over to you. Yep, thank you very much, Mike um so moving on to
2: the financial highlights and actually i will start the financial highlights by talking about the the operations which which have been as mike mentioned absolutely stellar performance wise the the uptime was very high across all of our assets and so it is not just the high oil and gas prices which translate into the 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 best financial results ever for ipc it was the the basis was the, the the strong performance of all the teams and all the assets and so produ- production for the fourth quarter and the full year, respectively, at 46,800 boe per day and 45,500 barrels of oil equivalent per day. That is very, very close to our, our best performance ever in uh, in 2019. But certainly, with strong oil and gas prices, the the average uh, of the dated Brent in uh, in the fourth quarter was very was just shy of $80. And that certainly translated into our, our best financial performance ever, with an operating cash flow of 111 million US dollars for the fourth quarter, and uh, a third of the overall operating cash flow for the for the year 2021 at 337. Operating cost at uh, 15 for the year and 15.1 dollar per BOE for the for the fourth quarter is below the the guidance, and demonstrates that our costs of operations are really uh, under control. With uh, with limited capex, that translated uh, into very high free cash flow of uh, 263 million US dollars, which were mainly used to reduce the debt down to 94 million US dollars at the end of uh, last year. And so we now have a very strong balance sheet with a net debt to a bid that leverage, which went from three times at the end of 2020 down to 0.3 times at the end of 21. Moving on, moving on to the next slide about realized prices. Um, so Brent, Brent on average was $71 for in, in 2021, and the WTI was $3 below that at 68. What what matters because uh, we're producing the most most of our oil production from Canada. Important to focus on the WTI WCS differential. And if you look back, it's been volatile, but on average very stable at uh, minus $13 per barrel since uh, 2019. And if you look at the, the realized price in 21, very happy to report that we sold on average. Or Malaysian crude at a $4 premium over Brent, while our French Brent-linked oil production was selling on parity with with Brent under the long-term contract with with Total. In um, in Canada, we we continue to sell our Southfield oil roughly at a $1 discount to the to the WCS, and 2.3 dollar discounts for our onion lake thermal oil production now this being said in uh, in going into 2022 we will be blending virtually a hundred percent starting from a few weeks from now so not in q1 but certainly in q2 2022 we'll be blending a hundred percent of our onion lake thermal production so you can expect that we will be selling our, our onion lake production on par with, um, with the WCS going forward. Looking at the, the realized gas prices, I mean, we all know that uh, ga- gas prices have been very, very strong uh, through almost any continent, and North America was no exception. In the fourth quarter, our realized price was just shy of uh, five Canadian dollars per MCF and uh, 3.7 CAD per MCF for the, for the full year. 2021, and we're very constructive uh, moving into 2022, with um, gas prices remaining above four Canadian dollar per mcf. Looking at the the, the next slide and uh, on uh, operating cash flows, and EBITDA, obviously a very nice comparison indeed. When you look back and compare 21 to 2020, uh, you you, ca- you can see the very the very strong financial performance. Um, and as, as a reminder, the operating cash flow, so our revenues minus OPEX minus cash taxes when EBITDA is revenues minus OPEX minus GNA. Roughly our GNA are $12 million a year and our cash taxes, we only pay cash taxes in France, uh, is $6 million. So that, that explains why there's a, that $6 million difference. And you can see the operating cash flow at $337 million, EBITDA at $331 for the full year, virtually three times higher, exactly three times higher for the EBITDA and almost three times higher when you compare 21 to 2020 for the operating cash flow. Operating costs uh, are, are, are well under control uh, and they're, they're below our previously guided level of $15.5, so it's $15 dollar per BOE on average for the, for the full year. And uh, we, we we did beat the, the, our, our own guidance thanks to a very strong production performance in the in the fourth quarter and marginally in the second half of uh, of 2021. So the costs are under control. Now, if you look back uh, at 2021 compared to the previous period of 2018 to 2020, the, um, those OPEX per barrel are, slight, are around two and a half dollar above what they used to be. That, that, that was mainly driven by increased energy costs, by increased gas prices, which net net is a positive for, for IPC because we're producing more gas than we're consuming. And so slightly higher OPEX actually translates into a, a higher net back overall for the business, given our roughly 16,000 BOE per day of gas production in, uh, in Canada. Looking at the net back, uh, I think this slide is, is really important and it's worth looking at the, the operating cash flow and the EBITDA net back for the fourth quarter. We're talking about 25 to $26 per BOE of, of net back. And that happened in the context of an average brand price of $80. As, uh, as we all know, today the brand price is 90 to $12. Higher. And if you if you compare that net back to the full year 21, it was uh, it was 20 for for the operating cash flow and the EBITDA. And if you look back further at 2020, on average, the net back then was between seven and eight dollars per barrel. So you can see that our business is very talky to oil prices and to the upside. And it's probably, it's, we, we will be talking about netback this afternoon when we talk about our, our projection and our forecast for 2022, but you can certainly expect that in the current oil prices, our netback would be even higher than $25 per barrel. Looking at the, the cash flows, I mean, I, I love this slide because it just gives you the, the scale of our operating cash flow when you when you compare it to what we have to cover and pay for with our operating cash flow, which was capex. So $337 million of operating cash flow to cover 46 million of capex, 11 million of GNA, and 15 million of financial costs. And that puts in perspective why we were able to reduce the debt so much. So we generated $263 million of free cash flow. 227 million was used to reduce the debt, and the rest is uh, the funding of an increased working capital need. Again, it's, it's, it's a positive, this, uh, this working capital need just means that by the end of 21 compared to the end of 2020, we are producing more oil and gas in a higher oil price environment so that's uh, that's uh, that's a positive. It just means that when that working capital unfolds in the in the first quarter in twenty two we will cash in more revenues than back in the first quarter twenty twenty one looking at the the g a and financial items so g a are flat at around 12 million, uh, $12.5 dollars uh per year it's uh, flat compared to last to to the prior, prior year of twenty twenty and it's uh, flat at around $0.7 per BOE. On the, on the financial cost, you can see that the fourth quarter is uh, way less than 25% of the full year 2021. It just shows that our debt was reducing fairly quickly. And so our interest cost burden was um, was getting smaller every quarter, as as you would expect. Looking at the, the graphic uh, presentation of our financial results, you can see That we generated a cash margin of 340 million, a gross profit of 210, and the the highest net profit for the business ever in 2021 at 146 million US dollars. Our balance sheet is in great shape. The the total size of our balance sheet has reduced by 60 million dollars. This is the, the natural depreciation and depletion or for oil and gas assets and or FPSO. The, the the two points worth noting on the balance sheet is the, the steep reduction in financial liabilities, obviously in our, in our debt outstanding, as well as the increase in current assets. This is just what I was talking about. It's the result of increasing receivables, just a reflection of our higher production at the end of twenty twenty one in a higher oil price environment compared to the end of
0: Sign up and download Grammarly for free at grammarly.com/slash podcast. That's G R A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Uh
2: looking at the at the hedging, I, I will actually start by the last uh by the last point. Uh we don't have any hedge covenants anymore because we changed our, our capital structure. I'll come back to that on the on the on the next slide. We have no oil hedges in place for Brent-linked production in Canada uh, in, in Malaysia, nor no France. We just have some hedges uh, for for Canada for Canadian gas and our Canadian oil production. The the for, on, on the oil hedging. Even though the, the, the differential has been fairly stable, it has, on average, it's been volatile, and so we decided to hedge 60% of uh, the WTI WCS differential in Canada at uh, minus 13 to provide uh, to, to 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 avoid facing the, the volatility that we've seen in the markets uh, of the last uh, over the last three years. You can see on the graph that the level of 13, which actually was the average in the, each of the year 2019, 20, and 21, provides a, a solid basis for the, for the business going forward. And on the back of very strong gas prices, the best uh, realized uh, since IPC decided to go to Canada, we've actually had roughly 25% of our production in first quarter. At um, the echo was 4.40, but our realized price, because we're selling at a slight premium to to echo, so 25% of our Canadian gas is actually hedged at 4.6 Canadian per mcf, and 35% of the second and third quarter uh, of our Canadian gas sales hedged at around four Canadian dollar per mcf at all selling points. Uh, on the on, on the capital structure, Mike, Mike touched upon it. We have uh, we have issued the unsecured bonds worth uh, 300 million dollars at a coupon at 7.25, and we we have that that was uh, issued a few days ago. And so we used the the bond proceeds to repay our two revolving bank facilities, which are no longer outstanding. We repaired and canceled those two so the the bonds are five-year they are unsecured provide us with a lot of flexibility in the way we want to run our business and on top of that we have a fully unutilized uh, revolving credit facility of 75 million CAD. so we have a very strong balance sheet low leveled we are sitting on roughly 200 million us dollars of cash and that positions our business very well to be able to seize any M&A opportunities should uh, should we like um, what what uh, what, uh, what what we can find these days on the on the market. So that's the that's the new capital long-term structure for for the business. And I hand over back to to Mike. Thank you.
1: Okay. Thank you very much, uh, Christoph. And. Uh, just to come back again and recap on the 2021 highlights we talk a lot about excellence and operational excellence within within ipc and and i think it's been a huge credit to to all of our teams in in canada in malaysia and in france for delivering such a an exceptional performance through 2021 they managed to deliver production above 45,000 barrels a day, which is, was in excess of the original high-end guidance that we gave at the beginning of the year. Costs were below guidance at $15 per barrel, and we're able to deliver the capital program at just under $50 million. And of course, in a rising commodity price environment, that put the company in a position to really capture the benefits of the of the rising commodity price environment that we've seen and has put the company on track to generate record financial performance and cash flow generation. And if we look at our operating cash flow, we generated just under 340 million US dollars, 263 million US dollars of free cash flow, which represents a 26% free cash flow yield based upon our current market capitalization. As Christoph has shown in his presentation, the company is in great shape in terms of balance sheet strength, a very low net debt of $94 million. The leverage is 0.3 times net debt to to EBITDA. So of course, we start 2022 on the front foot with a lot of firepower to continue to to grow our business. The teams also did a, a phenomenal job in terms of reserve and resource replacement and additions in a year where the capital budget was relatively limited, 91% reserve replacement ratio, keeping our 2P reserves at 270 million barrels of oil equivalent, and a 300 million barrel addition to our contingent resources, lifting our undeveloped contingent resources now to in excess of 1.4 billion barrels, which gives us a huge amount of fuel for future reserve replacement and additions. And we're still well on track with our sustainability strategy to to reduce our net emissions intensity by 50% through the end of 2025 through a combination of operational emissions reductions and carbon offsetting. And everyone was kept safe. We didn't have any material incidents to 2021, which again is is a huge credit to all of our teams on the ground. So that rounds out um, the the highlights for the fourth quarter in the full year 2021. We've we've obviously got our our Capital Markets Day presentation this afternoon at 2 p.m. where we'll go into a lot more detail on the strategic update and the the short and long-term plans for the companies. But we'll turn the call now back to the operator and take any questions, if there are any, on the Q4 results. Thank you.
3: Thank you. If you wish to ask a question, please dial 01 on your telephone keypads now to enter the queue. Once your name has been announced, you can ask your question. If you find it's answered, before it's your turn to speak, you can dial 02 to cancel. And our first question comes from the line of Theodore Nielsen of SV1 Markets. Please go ahead. Your line is open. Thank you. Good morning, Mike and Christoph. Uh, a few questions from me, if I may. First, on, uh, specifically on, on uh, operation cost per barrel for Q4 and maybe 2021 as a whole, how was that impacted by, by higher and increasing energy prices through, through the year? Uh, second question is on um, your share repurchase. Uh, just wonder uh, what will trigger that you you will pay cash dividend in addition, or, or maybe swap repurchase program with with cash dividend. Um, and and um, my third question, maybe that's related to like, capital markets today. But better I'll, I'll still give it a try. And that is uh, on slide eight. Uh, you show um, your ambition of reducing uh, CO two emissions. I just just wonder will that have any impact? Uh, you do you pay msco two 2 taxes in Canada? That's all, thanks.
2: Okay, Th- thank you, Theodore. I'll, I'll take the first one. Yeah, no, indeed um, it's no secret that uh, energy, i.e. electricity costs have, have increased and uh, we're obviously using quite a bit of uh, electricity. We have many wells, many pumps in uh, in, in, in Canada. We're also buying gas uh, to to inject some uh, some steam in the ground at Onion Lake Thermal, so that has played an important part in uh, increasing our our OPEX from 2020 to 21, roughly by 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 two to three dollar. Although 2020 was a very low point in the cycle for obvious reasons, but so a good part of that increase was coming from energy costs, electricity, and gas prices. Uh, as, uh, and and they, they, they've increased over the year, last year. Now, as, as I was saying, net net, it, it is a positive, uh, funnily enough, for the business because we're producing uh, roughly 100 million scuff a day of gas in, in Canada and we're producing much more than we're using. So overall, uh, it's a net increase to, 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 to IPC net back.
1: Yeah, thanks, Christoph. And on the I mean on the on the dividend uh, question, Theodore, I mean I think for for the time being, we we've obviously set out the the capital allocation framework. We'll get into more details on that in the CMD presentation this, this afternoon. Um what we've committed to is is distributing forty percent in excess of fifty-five dollar per barrel Brent. And we have of course got the share buyback scheme. In place at this point in time so that's the initial return mechanism but of course if we see continued sustained high commodity prices it does give us the flexibility as we move through 2022 to look at other return forms such as such as dividends and then in terms of your your question on co2 taxes we do pay carbon tax in in canada and the co2 tax currently is 50 canadian dollars per tonne and that's forecast to, to rise to 170 dollars per tonne by 2035 and the carbon tax is baked into all of our numbers all of our financial forecasts and when we talk about our nev and in our nev per share calculations all of those canadian carbon taxes are baked into all of the valuations that we disclose so I hope that answers your third question.
3: Yes, yeah, absolutely. It. Thank you.
1: Okay. Thank you very much. Theodore? Thank you. And currently we have one
3: further question on the phone. So just as a reminder to participants, if you do wish to ask a question, please dial 01 now. Uh, the next question comes from the line of Mark Wilson at Jeffries. Please go ahead. Your line is open. Yes. Good morning. and. Uh, excellent results once again guys congratulations on that Um, thank you for the clarity on the CSE tax question it is actually uh, taxes I'd like to ask you about Christoph confirmed on the call that you don't pay any cash taxes in in Canada Um, so could you remind us uh, why that is the case and should we view uh, or how should we view any potential change to that situation going forward, either from your current tax structure or through any legislation that could be expected um, in Canada. Thanks.
2: Yeah, no, thanks indeed. In uh, in 21, uh, we we pay taxes in France, and, uh, and and that's it. We we are in the lucky position where um, on the back of the acquisitions, we concluded in, uh, in in Canada uh, through assets and corporate acquisitions. We've inherited very significant uh, tax losses from uh, previous, um, from the predecessor's company's investment, and as a result, we are not paying uh, taxes in, in Canada. So it's not based on any um, change in legislations or anything other than you can see that uh, corporate taxes in france and canada have reduced uh, by by 2 to 3% which is uh, which is obviously positive to the business now looking looking forward it's uh, it's uh, it's uh, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a factor of where oil prices will be uh we don't uh, we don't expect uh, to pay to pay too much uh, taxes next year either uh on the back of the tax losses now the sooner we pay the better because uh, that that means all prices uh would remain where, where they are but uh very very small um cash tax take uh for the business in in 2022 expected as well
1: and mark just uh just a follow-up to that and all the long-term um cash flow guidance that we give for the that we've put out there this morning for the five-year business plan all of the detailed Canadian tax loss positions are built into to those five-year forecasts. So those are net of all of those tax losses and allowances that we have across all the business units.
3: And the new presentation, which includes all of those balances, will be uploaded today just before capital markets day. So you'll be able to see where the allowances are as well, Mark. All oh, right, okay. So uh, would, would, it, would I be able to ask just um, for a, a non-accountant what what is the 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 tax loss position in Canada and um, within your current range, sixty five to ninety five? Yeah, Mark.
1: Yeah, Mark. There'll be a full detailed presentation published this afternoon on the website that will give you all of the information.
3: And I'll mention it in Capital Markets Day as well, Mark. But let's put that one off for uh, this afternoon so everyone's got the opportunity to hear it. Great. Okay. Thank you. Thank you,
1: and currently there are no
3: further questions on the phone, so I'll hand back to our speakers for any questions from the web.
1: Okay, well, thank you very much, everyone. I think it's been a, a tremendous 2021 for uh, for IPC. I think 2022 has gotten off to an even better start, and we, we look forward to, uh, to presenting our plans for 2022 and the five-year business plan this afternoon at 2 p.m. So thank you very much